Hello, I'm Fred Goldstein on behalf of Health Innovation Media and Pop Health Week, and we're here at the Florida Association of ACOs conference in Orlando, Florida, and my special guest this time is Farzad Mostashari with Alidaid, who just spoke this morning and had a wonderfully insightful presentation regarding ACOs and what some of the risks might be. So tell us a little bit about historically, you discussed some history of how they came about and uh, meaningful use, et cetera. Yeah. You know, look, I, I think the, the big question for, this is a meaning of ACOs, and the big question for ACOs is, where is this movement going? We've seen a lot of growth in the movement, but is, is this sustainable? And a lot of times when people focus on the word sustainable in the context of ACOs, they're thinking about, you know, what's the benchmark going to be in year three and four? And kind of, you know, and, and I don't think that's the sustainability challenge. I think the sustainability challenge for this movement is more fundamental and more similar to the managed care movement 20 some years ago is can we actually deliver better care at lower cost? Can we make sure that patients feel like they're getting more not less? And can those incentives actually filter down to people on the front lines so that they feel that they are getting rewarded for their work in adding value. And I, I think there's, there's that to me are, are kind of the more existential uh, challenges for the ACO movement. So these fundamental beliefs in essence that need to be built into the system, is that what you've tried to do as you looked at Allidade and said, here's how we're gonna solve this problem? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, my first, uh, I, I read a little uh, blog for our, our doctors um, and my very first block to the doctors was around stinting. It was around like, look, look guys, we're just not gonna do that, right? Like there are many better ways of saving money than not giving patients needed care. We're just not gonna do that. We're never gonna do that, right? Let's focus on ways of getting patients more access to primary care, better primary care, more informed primary care, more intense primary care, more prevention, more coordination, right? Those things will give dividends. Let's take the long view and let's not be short-sighted. And that I think is like the meta thing here with ACOs is we're trying to shift thinking from a coin-operated immediate gratification method, right? You want me to do something? Feed the meter, right? Put in a coin and then I'll do what you want me to do, right? To saying let's take a longer perspective and a more value-based perspective on, on that longitudinal patient relationship. It's what every doctor wants with their patient is that longitudinal, not transactional, right? We need to be the same when our, in our ACO activities and move away from the transactional whack-a-mole, right? Like we're gonna do, you know, case management of like the highest cost patient and then go whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole. But no, we gotta think about that base of people who are gonna become highest cost next year or the year after that. So. Um, moving ourselves from thinking transactionally and thinking short-term to thinking long-term and about the relationship and about what we're the trust that we're building or not building, that is, I think, the challenge for ACOs. So it's one thing to talk about, you know, how do you set those challenges up, but how do you drive that? I mean, obviously, we've got this fee-for-service world, which has created the transactional problems, but you are talking, in essence, about doing more of the good stuff. Yeah. So... It's huh. kind of say, hey, do more of that. Did you but have a hand shift. in uh, wellness visits back in the day? I mean, those are the kinds of things now, right? It's good fee-for-service, right? And look, our docs, 
When I say we should spend more on primary care, right, as, as a portion of what we spend, right, that means more revenue to primary care doctors, right? That's great. Ding, 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 you know, more money, right, more revenue. But if we start thinking about it as that is an end in of itself, now we're working backwards. Now, now, right, so one of the things that we're emphasizing is always think about what's the outcome that we're trying to do. We're trying to reduce readmissions, and we're going to track that. And we think the way to reduce readmissions is by increasing transitional care management and, and appropriate billing for a transitional care management visit. But if you're doing the TCM visit and you're not reducing the readmission, that's not good. That's just added cost to the system. If you're doing a lot of wellness visits and when the person has a falls risk, you're not doing anything about it, that's not good, right? If you're identifying depression on the, on the screen and you're not doing anything about it, why'd you do the screening in the first place, right? So whether it's wellness visits, transitional care visits, chronic care management, geez, have you guys seen the number of vendors out there now selling like you know, chronic care management software that, and you will take a share of it and we'll bill 70% of your patients, you could bill chronic care management fee on. Do 70% of patients need chronic care management? Does the median Medicare patient whose cost is $2,000 a year Will adding $500 a year to their costs, is that really going to help reduce total health care costs? No, right? So finding the appropriate intervention and, and making sure that um, we don't get mired again in this quicksand of like fee-for-service that's sucking you in, right? We got to fight that. You're talking about this fundamental shift, though, that's really an internal shift of a person's thinking and behavior. Yeah not necessarily a shift in that process per se. How do you get that and is that possibly why you talked about on the show earlier this concept of we really look at how we select our physicians? Yeah. Is that one of the traits? It is, it is. I mean look, we, we do a lot of screening. We have, we have a profile of every primary care doc in America and there are certain things that you look at and you're like, okay, you know, Oxycontin's the second most prescribed medication, you know, Maybe their patients need all that pain medication, but why don't we just move on, you know? <laughs> so we really do, you know, screen out people who, you know, they're doing a ton of questionable billing and fee-for-service churn, and they're not getting a lot of revenue from kind of the core stuff. And, and then we talk to them, right? And, and there have been many practices where we talk to them and we're like, no, you know, you're, they, we, let's mutually agree that this isn't the right fit for you. And this is the difference between being a startup that, you know, typically a startup cannot afford to be choosy about who their customers are, right? Like, you're willing to work with me? You know, you got me, right? But for us, we're really, our, our success as a company is going to be predicated almost entirely on whether we can get better outcomes. So instead of, like, make a sale, move on, Right? No, no, no. We, we need, this is a partnership. This is not a sale, right? This is a partnership, not a sale. Because if you don't get outcomes, I'm out of business, right? And that just, and that's the whole thing. Aligning to outcomes is such a beautiful thing. It is the anti-compliance, right? It's like anti-matter. It's a kryptonite to compliance thinking. It's like, so we look at the future and you talked about three potential risks to this whole yeah. ACO scenario. Yeah. Can you talk about those three risks? Yeah, okay. So, you know, healthcare is not a market because you have three things. It's not just like me and you. You give me something, I, I 
you know, pay you for it. There's three people, right? The, you, we'll call you the provider, the person giving the stuff. Oh, I'll call you. me. <laughs> I'll call me the patient, right? I'm getting the stuff. And then there's the person who's actually paying for it, right? So if we disappoint any of those three actors, this thing is not going to be sustainable. All right. So one, do not disappoint me, the patient. Do not disappoint me. Do not violate my trust that you, the provider, are always doing things that are in my best interest. Not in your best interest, in my best interest. And right now, frankly, in fee-for-service, we're coming close to the point where we're violating that trust, right? Where, you know, my, you're my parents. They're like, hmm, the doctor ordered this thing for me. I think they just want to get the money, right? That is a, that's a violation of that trust. But even more so, I think we're at risk if people feel like they're going to give me less to make money themselves. And you had mentioned that that violation of trust is sort of what took the managed care industry down in the 90s, right? Wasn't it? Yes. All right. Two, don't violate you, the provider's part in this, right? There's an implicit promise made here. Spend more time, more effort, do more, right? And you won't go broke doing the right thing. Don't take the easy buck. And look, docs can defer gratification, right? They went to med school, right? They did training. They can defer gratification. But at the end of the line, it can't be like, oh, and we ran the numbers, and because of the risk adjustment uh, attribution, you got nothing, right? Like, what, what happened, right? Like, there's got to be that transparency. Or, oh, yeah, our ACO, you know, we had an ACO, and you signed up. And uh, we haven't really voted on the distribution formula yet. And then at the end of the day, some of the docs were more connected, got more money. And, well, it was because blah, 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 right? That vi the, the absence of transparency, the absence of data, or, you know, trust me, the health plan says, I, don't, I won't give you the claims data. I'll just tell you how much you earned, right? Trust me. Those things, you violate those, you're dead, right? Because the docs, they're suspending disbelief in a sense, right? But at the end of the day, if they don't understand why they are or aren't getting the rewards for the work that they put in, uh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose, and people are gonna pull out. And then you know, at the end of the day, the payer has to see a better way than the traditional way, which is I'm just gonna pay you less. I'm gonna get bigger. I'm gonna use my market power. If you're a big hospital system and I have to pay you, then I'll doubly screw the little guys, right? That's been the predominant mode of which health plans make you know, reliable, you know, profit. Um, and they're putting themselves out now and saying, no, 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 we're gonna share risk, we're gonna share data, we're gonna become vulnerable, right? If you don't actually deliver better care at lower cost, better consumer experience at lower cost, if you're an ACO in name only, if you're squatting, if you're doing this as an excuse, if this is a fig leaf, if you're trying to, you know, clamp down on leakage, if, if, if this is all a game, right, and you're not actually really focused on getting savings, then the payers are, are going to say, well, fine, we tried this, we're going to go back to the way we were before, right? And that's not going to be good for anybody. Right. Any risks. So we've created a system now that we hope is going to be successful. I think we're seeing some success in the ACOs, but the numbers haven't been great. Any thoughts about why and for those that maybe aren't, what they need to do to correct? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think we actually have two camps, right? We have people who uh, are like, gee, I didn't make savings, why not? And then there are people who actually made money, and they're like, I don't know why I made money, you know? <laughs> I don't know if it's anything I did. So, gee, am I gonna continue in this thing, right? Or was it just, you know, uh, uh, rolling dice? 
So I think there needs to be more of a relationship between what you're doing and what you're seeing, right? So we started off our, our ACOs and we're like, okay, we wanna know our patients, put our arms around our patients and make sure that we get attribution for our patients. So we ended up getting, I don't know, whatever, 68%, 70% attribution for our patients because we put our arms around them, right? You do something, you see a result that's predictable, right? We then said, we're gonna do same day schedule and we're gonna call patients, we're gonna send them, you know, uh, magnets for their fridge and things on their car to let them know like call us really we mean it we trained our frontline staff smile when the person comes in and says i'm sick today you have a same day visit and we saw a decrease in hospital utilization right those kinds of things give you faith that what you're doing is actually having an impact on the other end right um so what acos need to do is to make sure they have a logic model of i do this that leads to this process measure that leads to this outcome measure and be able to track that brack and say I did something that that made that impact and if you're not if you're doing process stuff and it's not having an impact on the if you're doing a lot of transitional care visits and it's not reducing readmissions ask yourself what's going on and like do I keep doing that so this is the I talked about the cha-cha right yeah. the, the change and assess change and assess what is it that I'm doing and what effect is it having the number one biggest reason why you know ACOs that don't succeed is they don't change enough they don't actually get into the guts of how the patient experience is happening. How is life different for a patient? If life is not different for a patient, if the docs are spending, you know, doing monthly meetings, but it's not actually changing the, the practice, you're not gonna get savings. Like it's just, it's as simple as that, right? So ask yourself, you know, what, what is different about the patient experience? Am I more available? Am I more accessible? Am I more informed? Am I giving, am I calling them when they went to the ER, right? Are we doing all those things? Fantastic. So there you have it, folks. If you want to be successful in ACO, per Farzad Mastashari, understand the data, make it actionable, make sure you get a result, and if not, change. Rise when I get